it's on a rivalry week now. This is this is where this is what I've had circled on the calendar for I mean months. You know, ever you always look and it's like, okay, when are we gonna play Michigan? Then you see, oh hey, look, October thirtieth. We could be really bad. You know, ever since they beat Northwestern in week one by they, I mean Michigan State. Hey, I'm a Michigan State fan. Big shock. Okay, cool. So now that we have that out of the way, now we've gotten that elephant in the room out of here. Ever since that Northwestern game, I was like, oh man, this Kenneth Walker guy, he looks kind of good. He looks like he kind of knows what he was doing. I was like, oh, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. I, I want to see how good Michigan State really is, how good Michigan is, and what this game could look like in, you know, two months or eight, six weeks, however long it was from the Northwestern game. And now the day is here. Well, I mean, it's not here. It'll be here in two days. And by the time of recording this or posting this, it'll be one day and I will be, I will be ready to roll. I mean, I'm ready to roll already, but this is, oh, this is it. This is a game top 10. They're both undefeated and you know green and white versus what everybody on the planet knows is blue and yellow but they insist that it's maize because they're weird and they're just alone in ann arbor and they do this these weird like emperor's chant things and i don't know what's happening and it's scary and i want to leave the big house and i was brought there as an elementary schooler and i want to leave now because i don't like michigan oh that's i'm it is time. The Big Ten East versus the Big Ten East. The right to actually have a meaningful game against Ohio State. Inevitably to lose to Ohio State because they're good. But hey, who knows? Maybe they win. That'd be kind of fun. There's a team whose who's fan base is in love with their head coach right now. And then a team whose fan base wanted him gone about two months ago. There's a solid quarterback who pushes the ball downfield versus an unproven quarterback, which is interesting considering he was going to win the Heisman Trophy at the start of the season, that he's just he hasn't been allowed to show off the skill that he has because of the coaching scheme and because of how talented the O-line and how talented the running backs are for Michigan. You have Peyton Thorne who's been pushing the ball downfield and doing these crazy trick plays and using speedy Jalen Naylor, I hardly know her, and and Jaden Reed, and there have been some big plays through the passing game for Michigan State, and it just has not been there for Michigan. And we've got we've got we've got Tuck Cummin versus John Goen at the start of the season. You know, Tuck was coming, and John was. And people thought that he was going, and and that <laughs> that's it. I mean, there was there was not much of a chance in people's mind. That that Jim Harbaugh or John I said John going Jim going not John Jim Jim going and there wasn't much of a chance in some fans' minds that Jim was still gonna be there and I mean I couldn't blame him. I I didn't I didn't disagree with what people were saying it was just more like wow are you are you really ready to make this call on this decision and say it so confidently and, and Michigan fans I talked to were like oh yeah he's done he's toast and I was like hey look man that's that's fine by me that you have fun with that with that take I I'm gonna wait and watch the season go through so Tuck Cummins versus Jim Goen we've got Kenneth Walker 
the third number nine versus Blake Corum, who isn't in the running for the Heisman right now. Kenneth Walker is. Just thought I'd throw that out there for the team that claims to have the best rushing attack in the nation. We have a very, very good Michigan defensive line versus what I would call an unproven MSU offensive line whose stats have been inflated by the greatness that is Kenneth Walker III. So don't think I'm going to go through all of this. I, I Believe me, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have fun with this because I've been waiting for this for so long, and I've watched as Michigan continues to win, and I've watched their reaction as Michigan State continues to win, and I am going to have my fun and take every chance to poke poke little holes in Michigan as much as I can. But I am going to give credit where credit is due because I, I do consider myself a, a relatively fair person. Do I get emotional? Yes. Do I hate Michigan? Yes. Do I think that they would be better off in you know a different state or at least in the Upper Peninsula? Yes. But I have to give credit where credit is due, and I will look at things and say, hey, you've done good at this jo- at this part. Give you, Here's a pat on the back. And when they do bad at something, am I going to emphasize it? Yeah, probably. Why? Because it's fun and because I don't like their school. And, and that's it. That's all it is. And so it is a good defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson is very, very good. And it's going to be interesting to watch the battle between him and Jake Panashuk. It's going to be fun because they, they won't be battling each other, right, because they're both D-linemen. But it is going to be interesting to see how each of them fares against the other team's offensive line. And, and it is going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more of Aiden Hutchinson than Jake Panashuk because our offensive line, Michigan State's offensive line, isn't as proven as Michigan's offensive line. Michigan has proven throughout the course of the season that they can line up, they can put six linemen in there, seven linemen in there, and they can just run smash mouth football. And they can just run it through your throat. And, and that's it. Michigan State, it's been more of spreading out the field, getting Kenneth Walker into space, letting him make a big move and you know shoot up the field and then dab up his teammate at the five-yard line. And then that's it. The big play offense against the smash mouth offense, like I kind of alluded to, we've got the big brand versus the underdog, like literal underdog, because they're not favored at home as the number eight team. And it's four. It's four points at the time of recording. I'll I'll double check this real fast because when I saw it earlier today, I couldn't believe it. So let's take a look here real fast. My apologies for not having okay, it's four, right? So it is Michigan State plus four at home, fifty degree weather forecast with some rain in the forecast. And how is that possible? How are they a four point underdog? at home and, and that's that's just proof how it works in Vegas and you know of course I would know because I don't gamble on sports because it's not legal so actually I have no idea why it's like that it's that's it I don't know what's happening in Vegas because I can't gamble moving on four point favorite on the road against the eighth ranked team in the country Michigan yay good for them they're a favorite their fans bet on them cool the day has been circled on calendars for weeks I, this is, I've, oh, I'm so excited. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't hold it in. I'm so ready for this. So, so what I want to do for this game after all the, you know, after all the little matchups and, you know, 
big brother versus little brother. Like, I, let, let's actually take a look at this instead of just saying random nonsense. Let's take a look who has the advantage, where, what are the keys to what I'm going to call the Ferrari, right? Not keys to victory, keys to the Ferrari, because I mean, this is, this is more than just a victory. This is glory. This is bragging rights. And, and in my mind, what do you, what comes to mind when you think about glory and bragging rights? I think of a Ferrari. I think of a super cool car. So we'll take a look at the keys of the Ferrari in a few minutes and then, and then the big one, right? Who wins and why? Who wins and why do they take the win in East Lansing? Is it the Ann Arbor team? Is it the East Lansing team? And why do they take the win? So let's, let's start with who has the advantage and where. And we're going to start with Michigan State. And I think the first place to look for sure is obviously the wide receiver position. I think that's a big advantage, wide receivers against the Michigan corners. You know, like I said earlier, Jalen Naylor, I hardly know her, is playing out of his mind. Yeah, the, the four catches, three touchdowns, 200 and whatever yard game. I mean, that was crazy. And I mean, Naylor, I hardly know her, is fast. He is fast. So anyone that hasn't watched him run a route, and anyone that hasn't watched a Michigan State game, if you're one of the if you're one of the North Dakotans listening right now, just just type in Jalen Naylor. I hardly know her. Actually, no, like leave out the I hardly know her part because that that could actually yield some interesting results. Um, no, just type in just type in Jalen Naylor. Just type in Jalen Naylor. Look up highlights. Look up anything. This man is fast and for the Michigan and Michigan State fans out there listening yeah you you know what I'm talking about this man this man can run great footwork and Michigan corners have not had a good season this year so I do think and obviously there's Jaden Reed and Trey Mosley's had a nice year too and and it would be a different story if if Michigan was having a better year in the secondary and their problem is Daxton Hill is Michigan's best friend and in Without doing genuine research and watching the games all the time and looking at this team, I mean, Daxton Hill would be the only person in the secondary that would be able to recognize, right? You look at the team, oh yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, right? The D lineman, okay, let's go into the secondary. Who do they got? And and all, all I would be able to recognize is Daxton Hill. And so Michigan will need to stop Michigan State's receivers and force Michigan State to go between the tackles to say, hey, look, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to do it on the ground where we have the advantage, where Michigan has the advantage in the front seven against Michigan State's offensive line. But but I'll get to that in a second. So the next place Rice do see the advantage for Michigan State is the quarterback position. I do think Thorne, and, and I, don't, I don't think there should be a big real argument about this. I don't think people people could say, oh yeah, Cade McNamara has done what he's needed to do. He's game managed, hasn't made mistakes. Thorne's made more mistakes than McNamara. Both teams are 7-0. and but, but what I look at and what I see here is one team has a lot more faith in their quarterback. They're willing to let their quarterback open it up more and take more risks as opposed to Michigan, where Cade McNamara hasn't been able to do these things. The coaches have not allowed him to try and make these big throws to push the ball down the field. And, and to this point, they haven't had any reason to 
but it's still scary when you see Michigan going up against not as good opponents, just like Michigan State. I don't think there should be any argument about the strength of schedule. Neither of these teams have played very good opponents up to this point, and but at least Michigan State has allowed their quarterback to open up. They've done some trick plays. They've ran some, you know, the 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 score play, the six point play, where you run the play expecting to get a touchdown on a deep throw or you know a trick play or whatever it is. And we've seen that with Michigan State, and it, it hasn't been there. It has not been there for Michigan. And Thorns had a good, a very good season, and that's it. Definitely in part to Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator at Michigan State. They have 34.3 points a game. That's 29th in the country, and and that, that's a huge step for Michigan State in terms of what we saw last year and what we saw two years ago in D'Antonio's last season with the team. And the big matchup that I want to look at is definitely going to be the run offense and the run defense along with the passing offense against the passing defense. Michigan gives up 182 yards a game through the air. Michigan State averages 251 yards per game through the air. So this is a very good passing defense, which is interesting because of how the corners have played. You've seen receivers making moves on these Michigan corners, and you've seen them running these, having these sort of blown coverages. So it's been interesting. When I saw that stat, I was like, that cannot be real. There's no way they only give up 182 yards per game through the air. But but it's true, they do. So I think I think if Michigan holds to that, I think this is definitely going to be their biggest test in terms of the opponent's offense. But I do think if Michigan holds Michigan State to less than 200, they don't even have to hold their average. If Michigan can keep Michigan State under 200 yards passing through the game, if they can hold Peyton Thorne and keep the big plays in front of them, I think, I think it's going to be a long day for Michigan State. They're going to have a tough time winning this game because if Michigan suffocates you and forces you to be one-dimensional and you don't get the run game going and the passing game doesn't get going, they're going to suffocate you. You're going to get down. You're going to be forced to throw the ball. They're going to drop their safeties, go into the nickel, and it's going to be a long early afternoon. Unfortunately, it should be a night game. Everyone knows it should be a night game. That that I'm done talking about the scheduling. Right? So like I said, Michigan shuts down the big plays, forces Michigan State to be one-dimensional on the ground or in the air. It will be a long day for Michigan State. And where I do think Michigan State has one final advantage, not as big of an advantage as the other two, I do think Michigan State does have the advantage in the pass defense game. So as bad as they have been, the corners have underperformed They have been doing this bend-don't-break type of defense. But Michigan has not proven that they can throw the ball. So am I worried that something weird's going to happen and Michigan's going to come out and light it up through the air? Yes, I'm horrified that 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 can happen. But right now, eh, Michigan's only throwing for 189 yards per game. How can you be ranked sixth in the country throwing for 189 yards per game in college football this isn't iowa this isn't wisconsin this is michigan this is the university of michigan you are throwing you brought in josh gaddis from alabama to establish the air raid to bring in the air raid sirens and throw for 700 yards a game 
and you are throwing for 189 per game with Cade McNamara, with J.J. McCarthy, both of which are supposed to be Heisman Trophy contenders. It's just, I, it is unreal to me. So I will give the Michigan State pass defense a, I mean, a slight, the slightest of slight advantages just because we've seen the plays that Xavier Henderson can make in in pass coverage, I will give that to Michigan State right now, at least for now. It's definitely the one that I'm least confident about, but as it stands, just looking at the statistics, and I know they're inflated because of because of the teams that Michigan State has played, right? Like 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 Zappy, I forget how to pronounce the name, but that Western Kentucky game was wild, and Miami still had Derrick King. Derrick King got hurt in that game. There were there were a couple of quarterbacks and teams that Michigan State faced where they were giving up good yards, but they weren't breaking. And when the secondary needed to make a play, they did. And I think that could happen if Michigan State ends up forcing Michigan to throw the ball. Similar to how if Michigan forces Michigan State to throw the ball, you know that Peyton Thorne will make a mistake. It's happened, and he will get flustered. It's just with Cade McNamara, we don't know because they just haven't really been in that position. And now what is definitely going to be my least favorite part of recording this, Michigan, where do they have the advantage? Against my team, against my green, against my Spartans. Where can Michigan line up and get very big victories against Michigan State that are going to help them win the game? And I mean, the first place actually isn't, on the field. I mean, it's on the field, but it's not on the field. And as weird as it is for me to say, and as happy as I've been with everything that Mel Tucker's done, and, and I will I will always be super happy with everything that he's done so far. And I'm super excited for the future. For this game right now, I have to give Michigan the advantage for coaching. And here's the biggest reason. And I know it's rivalry week, and I know it's the biggest game for both of these teams so far this season, and it means a ton to both of these teams. Believe me, I'm not taking the stakes of this game away from Michigan State. I'll never do that in a rivalry game of this caliber when both of these teams are as good as they are. But Jim Harbaugh needs this game more than Mel Tucker, and more often than not, you see when a coach needs the game more than the other coach, he finds a way to figure it out and win the game just because he knows if I lose this game, I'm toast. I am gone. There is no more for me here. There's no chance. I just took a major pay cut, one year extension, and if I go out and I lose to Mel Tucker twice, one of which was a terror. That team was not good last year. Had Most of the people on that team aren't even there anymore. And then if I go out and lose to him again, I mean, that is like the end of D'Antonio was supposed to be the end of Michigan State. This is when Michigan was going to reclaim their throne. And now it's like, uh-oh, am I about to go 0-2 against the new regime? That, like, that, that cannot happen. And I think, I think a good amount of Michigan fans would agree on that, would agree on if Harbaugh, if Harbaugh lines up and he loses this game, barring like something wild, like, like another, I, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up, like another trouble with the snap, like if, if part two 
or something crazy like that were to happen, I think he could he could salvage it by beating Penn State definitely and then playing it close against Ohio State. But I mean, if, if you line up against this team, against this Michigan State team as Harbaugh, and, and you lose twenty eight to seventeen, I, I there's I just don't see I don't see reconciliation. I don't see a scenario where he would come back as coach. You'd have to beat Ohio State. You'd have to if you lose this game. So, so obviously, while the stakes are sky high for both teams, while Big Ten championship standings are on the line, while Ohio State being a meaningful game is on the line while playing Penn State, you know, what What I don't like is people have been talking about this game, and I've, I've been listening to, to some radio back home, and I've been you know reading articles, I've been looking at this stuff, and, and I... I I haven't seen a mention anymore about the Penn State game after losing to Illinois. And, and while I would clearly admit that that James Franklin is like a complete, complete like whack job, whack a mole. I don't know what goes on in his brain. And Sean Clifford may or may not be like critically injured, but like like not critically. You get what I'm saying. But but I, I don't get. I don't think we can overlook this Penn State team. Right, so this is this is about being one step closer to where Harbaugh said his team would be a long time ago, and to where Michigan State thought. I mean, there was no chance this year, and if there was a chance, it was a slight chance a couple years down the road. I mean, the stakes are sky high. But I mean, strictly in terms of coaching and employment, I mean, Jim Harbaugh needs this job really to keep to keep his career afloat, barring barring something crazy. And if they lose to Ohio State, he'd be 0-7 against Ohio State. And if they win this game, he'd be 4-3 against Michigan State. So right, if you win, you beat, you beat Michigan State. And if you beat Penn State, you lose to Ohio State, you're 11-1. You get the New Year's Six Bowl, and you win or lose that game, and then you evaluate from there. And, and that's it. So moving on from... From coaching, actually on the field, the Michigan receivers do have the advantage against the Michigan State corners, and and that's not. I'm not even going to say that's because of how the skill, what the skill is, with Michigan's receivers. It's real. It's about the Michigan State corners. It's been soft coverage all season, ever since you saw that the corners and the transfers weren't what we thought they were. And and I hate to nitpick, but but Ronald Williams has not had a good year for Michigan State. It has not been pretty. He's made a couple of plays, but I mean, one interception on the season so far, four passes defended in seven games. It's it's been it's been a transition. We'll put it, we'll put it that way. It's been a transition. So, you know, Michigan I've said the big injury Big injury early in the season. It depleted their wide receiver core. I I am confident in Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh to call an offensive game that is going to exploit the Spartan corners. And, and that goes back to what I said before with coaching. I think Harbaugh and Gaddis know that they are going to have to pull some tricks out. And, and, and Tucker knows, too. Tucker knows that Michigan's going to have to try something tricky because if they just line up against the state front seven it, it won't I don't think it's gonna work because the O-line has been good and Corman Haskins are both good 
But this Michigan State front seven is an underrated front seven. So I'm I'm not convinced that Michigan can line up and play smash mouth and, and get the job done. They might be able to, but I do think it's going to be up to Gaddis and Harbaugh to come up with some sort of way to get the receivers involved because Gaddis and Harbaugh and Tucker and Scotty Hazleton all know that the weakness of the Michigan State defense is the secondary, despite how amazing Xavier Henderson has been playing this season. They know that the easiest place to exploit on the Michigan State defense is going to be the secondary. Like I said, the O-line and the Michigan State front seven, I will. I do think that's going to end up being some sort of a standstill. I think Michigan's going to win some battles there, and I think Michigan State's going to win some battles there. The two, the two people, the two running backs, Haskins and Corum, are formidable. And the thing to talk about, though, is the scoring defense for Michigan State. That, that's the 20th best scoring defense in the country. And they can load up the box, and they could stop you, and they're going to force McNamara to throw the ball. And that's, that's where Harbaugh and Gaddis are going to come in because Michigan State knows that they have to come in and stop the run game because if they don't, they're toast. So it's going to be up to Gaddis and Harbaugh to take this and understand it and say, hey, look, we need to get McNamara involved or, <laughs> or we need to put J.J. McCarthy in every time we want to throw the ball and then go from there and see what happens. So Michigan is giving up 116 yards per game on the ground, which is a huge advantage for Michigan in terms of how how good it is. It's 24th in the nation, and it seems like a lot, but they've been playing run-heavy teams, team that focus on running the ball. Michigan State gives up 121 yards per game on the ground. So they're kind, they're pretty similar when it comes to rush defense, which is interesting because I've had to listen all about how Michigan has this crazy impenetrable run defense, and just because Michigan has a good O line and they have Blake Corman, Hassan Haskins, that they're just going to run right through Michigan State. Uh, uh, guys, we only give up five more yards per game on the ground than we do per game. So I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. So Michigan, Michigan giving up three rushing touchdowns on the year. Michigan State's giving up five. So there, there isn't a big difference here, guys. There, the, these two run defenses, the way the way they load the box, the way they disguise their blitzes, the way they disguise their coverages, it's it's pretty similar. And so I, I will give Michigan the advantage in the run game over the Michigan State run defense just because of how good they've been. I mean, they, they're running for over 250 yards per game from scrimmage on average. That is unbelievable. That is unreal. That is like 1940s before the forward pass was invented. Unbelievable. I mean, you, you line up and you run for over 250 yards a game from scrimmage. I don't care who you play. That's impressive. So, I mean, you got to hand it to them there. Michigan State runs for 200 yards per game on average. So I, I got to give Michigan State the advantage in the run game against the Michigan front seven. But but a lot of that is Kenneth Walker. So like, it's complicated because I have so much faith in Kenneth Walker, but not a ton of faith in the O-line. So I did give the Michigan, Michigan D-line the advantage against the Michigan State O-line. But the run game as a whole, I'm just because of Kenneth Walker, and how averaging 200 yards rushing per game on average, 
I think I do have to give the actual running game as a whole to Michigan State. I mean, Michigan has given up, like I said, they've given up 116 yards per game on the ground. And if and if Walker runs for 116, 120, 110, things will be open up for now it depends. That all depends. The 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 thing is, it depends on how many rush attempts is right. So if Walker rushes for rushes thirty five times for hundred yards, that's a different story. But if it's but if it's twenty if it's twenty twenty two twenty three rushes for hundred and three yards, averaging four or five yards a carry, and it's a balanced offensive attack, Michigan's going to be in a lot of trouble. So I guess it all depends on how Michigan State gets their rushing yards, right? So if Michigan if Michigan clamps down and Michigan State gets 108 rushing yards on 35 attempts and it's less than three yards a carry, then then that would be the part where it's like, okay, Michigan won the battle there. So, and I do think the key with them is that defensive line. How can they make it so that they're going to attack the outside and they're going to attack the tackles instead of loading up on the inside? Because, because Kenneth Walker... He's a speedster. He gets out to the outside. He makes guys miss an open space, and he turns on the Jets and he cuts up field. Right, so and, and and they know that the offensive line knows that they need to get Kenneth Walker out in space. This isn't going to be a between the tackles run game, and I think Michigan's going to have to force the clamps on the outside, and that's that's where Aiden Hutchinson can make such a huge impact on this game, and that's where they're going to have to figure out a way to contain him. Because if Kenneth Walker get, is not allowed to get outside, if he's forced between the tackles, Michigan State's interior D line is better than Michigan, or Michigan's interior D line is better than Michigan State's interior O line, and that can cause a lot of problems. That could cause the offense to be one dimensional, and that can cause Michigan State to lose the game, and that can cause Michigan State or Michigan to win the game, right? So there's a lot of different, a lot of different little position battles here. That are gonna go down, and that are gonna be really fun for me to watch, or or terrifying, depending on how things go. But I am excited. I do think I do think it is gonna end up being a close game because I don't think each team is gonna one team is gonna unanimously win all of these, you know, close battles, or the advantages might not pan out as obvious as I make it seem like they will. That's about what I have for for the advantages for each team. Keys to the Ferrari. Oh man, so. You're getting handed the keys, you're ready to start the car, but there's eight different keys. You got the keys of the car, you got the keys of the townhouse, you got the keys of the pool house, you got the keys of the boat, you got the keys of the ATV. Which key is gonna start the car? Key one, the quarterbacks. And I've talked about this earlier, I mentioned earlier that Michigan State has the advantage in my view against Michigan in terms of quarterback play. And I don't think there should be a big argument about this. Weakness, uh, and, and here's the thing. I say that Michigan State has the advantage over Michigan in the quarterback position. And, and that's true, and I do believe that. But the weakness of both of the offenses so far up to this point have been the quarterbacks. Peyton Thorne has made a few mistakes and Cade McNamara has not been allowed to force the ball downfield. And when you're Michigan and you're rushing for 250 yards a game, of course the weakness of your offense is going to be the quarterback. I mean, your, your running game's a 
freak show. Like, what am I supposed to do? Not say your quarterback's a weakness? You run for 250 yards a game. There's got to be a weak point somewhere. And chances are that means it's not the O-line or the running back, so it's going to be a quarterback. And that, and that's panned out where some there have been a couple times where Cade McNamara has to make a throw and he doesn't make it. Or he's just not allowed. He's not allowed to spread his wings. Let Cade spread his wings now. Come on. Let him let let him spread his wings and let Z- let Xavier Henderson swoop in there and you know do his job, or the JJ McCarthy you know that that could happen too the whole JJ McCarthy show. But anyways, the quarterbacks that's the first key. The weakness of both of these two teams on the offense is the passing game, and it's a lot more obvious with Michigan and whichever offense gets the passing game rolling first is going to find it a lot easier to leave East Lansing with a win. There is definitely an idea here that the running games are both good. They're proven. Everyone knows that both of these teams can run the ball. And it's been more proven for Michigan State that they can throw the ball. But either way, if Cade McNamara establishes himself first or if Peyton Thorne establishes himself first, whichever happens first is going to tell and it's going to be shown throughout the game. Because that offense, the one that establishes the passing game first, is going to be much more balanced, and it's going to force the defense to respect both aspects of the offense. And right now, Michigan's defense has to be more respectful of both aspects of Michigan State's offense than Michigan State's defense has to be of Michigan's offense. Right now, Michigan State's defense needs to show 100% undying respect to Michigan's run game on offense. But Michigan has to show a lot of respect to the Michigan State run game and to Kenneth Walker particularly. And then some a little bit of respect also to the big play capability of the Michigan State offense in the scheme and the passing game. Because Peyton Thorne, they have run trick plays. Peyton Thorne has sent speedy Jalen Naylor, I hardly know her, on a nine route and he's been gone. There have been big plays for Michigan State and that has not been there for Michigan. So that definitely that definitely leads to the next key, which is going to be the big plays, right? And, and it's so like, oh, it's cliche, big plays win games. Well, yeah, when you're when you're run heavy like Michigan and, and Michigan State as well, you're going to have to open up some big plays. And I think this is definitely more so from Michigan. If you're going to walk into Spartan Stadium and win this game against the home crowd in a hostile environment, you can't just run smash mouth football because it's not going to work every time this is the best defense that you faced and you've gotten relaxed playing the teams that you've played and, and michigan state has two to agree but at least they've let their quarterback open up and show what he can do michigan hasn't done that so michigan is going to have to find a way to get some big plays through the pass game or i mean you know that they can do it in the run game you know that they can break one but there's going to have to be some spark that lights Michigan, and it can come from the run game, but I'm, I'm going to be specifically looking for what Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh draw up for Cade McNamara to get a big play through the air, whether it be, whether it be a deep cross route, a flea flicker, some double moves, waiting for Michigan State to load. I mean, I mean look, if, if, I'm, if I'm Gaddis and I'm Harbaugh, why not just, just send him deep? On the first play, they're gonna, Michigan. You know Michigan State's gonna be expecting run play one. You know they're gonna load up the box. Say so you're they're gonna drop they're gonna drop Xavier Henderson back. Put K McNamara back there in the shotgun. Let him do his work. Let him look off Henderson. 
watch him make a play and just see what you can do. Show some faith in your quarterback early and see where it gets you. They're going to have to get a big play. And if they can get it specifically through Cade McNamara, that is going to be huge going the rest of the way for Michigan. And it's going to really help them win this game. And please, for the love of God, don't let it happen because I don't want to lose because I don't like losing because I deal with it every Sunday and I don't want to have to start dealing with it on Saturdays as well. So, and then, and then with Michigan State, you know that you they can establish the big plays. You've seen it a lot more with Michigan State than you have with Michigan, but they are going to have to continue to do it because this is a talented front seven for Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson is a good player. He is definitely, I would consider him a good college football player. I consider him a great college football player. I think he's going to be a great NFL talent. I think he's going to make a great pro and I, I mean, he scares me. He scares me. And, and listen, by the way, Jacob Panashuk should terrify Michigan fans. And the guy that grew up on a pig farm in Pennsylvania or whatever it was, and he doesn't wear pads, and I had to deal with all the announcers saying, oh, he doesn't wear pads at all. Like, okay, thank you. Cool. You don't have to mention it 20 times. Cal Halliday, linebacker 27 on Michigan State, look out for him. He'll be the only guy in the field wearing no pads on his arms. He's pretty darn good, too. But, yes. For Michigan State, they're going to have to keep making the big plays. They're going to have to make Michigan State's front seven and secondary respect the fact that they can make plays through the air, hopefully try and open up some more stuff for Kenneth Walker, get him out in space, and, and just let, let the Heisman winner work. Future Heisman winner, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I like Kenneth Walker. It's not my fault. I bleed, I, I'm sorry. Kenneth Walker's good. That's it. That's it. Establish the pass game. Get some big plays. Keep doing what you've done. You've been doing. Flea flicker you in the house. Keep it rolling. Get some big plays. Kenneth Walker, let him work. Get a balanced attack on offense. You should be good to go. Keep Michigan on balanced on defense and, and see what happens. And please, God, let, let the O-line play the biggest game of the year. I mean, that would be... That would be so nice. I would so love for the offensive line just to line up and just be a massive wave and then just push back the Michigan the Michigan front seven and make it just seem like that they don't deserve to be on the same field. The next key, three out of four keys. Number three, the run backs and the run defenses. Kind of, hey, that's been kind of a common theme, hasn't it, right? This, is, this one's pretty simple. I, I won't go too deep into this one because it's been a recurring theme. Whichever team has more success in the ground game is going to win. And I think it's the same for the pass game. But both of the strengths of these teams, whatever team throws the ball more, is definitely going to have more of a chance to win the game. But I think the real one that's going to determine is who, who runs the ball the best. Whoever establishes the pass game first, I think, will win. But the point of establishing the pass game is it's the weakness of your offense which is going to open up things for the strength of your offense. So I think they can both coincide, right? I think the passing game being opened up early is going to lead to whichever team ends up having the best ground game, which is why I think opening up the passing game is so important. So anyways, this, this is emphasized for both teams. You know, if Michigan State can ex exploit the strength of Michigan's defense, and if Michigan can exploit the strength of Michigan State's defense, and and it's just it's gonna be a long day for whichever team is dealing with the other team running the ball best it's gonna be it's gonna be really complicated and that goes back to what i said with establishing the pass game first whoever runs the ball best is gonna win the game and michigan state 
can set up the pass game first on a deep play to Jaden Reed. They can use Jaden Reed and draw Michigan's corners over there and send Naylor, I hardly know her, on a go route, and, and that could be it, or it could be Michigan. It could be Josh Gaddis saying, hey, Cade, do you, you want to throw the ball now? Do you want to throw the ball, little boy, little guy? And, and, and Cade McNamara will come out with this frown on his face because he knows J.J. McCarthy is going to take his job for six plays and probably on some big plays. And Cade McNamara is going to get his, this big smile on his face and he's going, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to throw the ball, I'm going to throw the ball. And Josh Gaz is going to be like, you want to throw the ball? You still want to throw the ball, little guy? And Cade McNamara is going to go, yeah, 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 I'll throw the ball, I'll throw the ball, I'll throw the ball. And then you know, Josh Gaz will be like, okay, go throw the ball. And Cade McNamara is going to be like, wait, 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 I can, I can, I can throw the ball? You're letting me throw the ball, Josh? And Josh will be like, yeah, yeah, Cade. You can go throw the ball if you want to throw the ball. Then Cade will be able to throw the ball. And then Cade will make a big play. He'll be like, see, look, I can win the Heisman. I can be in the Heisman Trophy running. And then, boom, Michigan State loses. Game over. And then and then I, and then I sit alone for a long time. And I cry. And, and that'll be it. And then the last key. I mean, my God, the crowd. Holy crap. 70-plus thousand loaded into Michigan State, into East Lansing, into Spartan Stadium with with the stakes, top 10 game, a miracle 7-0, and, and, and not a miracle because of how they've won games, right? You know, escaping Nebraska, miracle. Escaping Indiana, less of a miracle, but still definitely not as close as that game should have been. But I mean, who thought that they were going to get here? I mean, this is a miraculous run. This is amazing. And East Lansing finally gets to reap the benefits of it and watch their rival come to town, their top 10 rival come to town against you as a top 10 team. I mean, this is huge. The crowd is going to be big, and and Michigan's going to have to deal with it. Michigan State gets the home field advantage. I, I don't usually like to say, hey, there, there are only a select few places where I say, hey, the crowd is going to have a big impact on this game. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about Oklahoma, Kansas from a week ago and say that Kansas was so close into the game because of their crowd. Like, are you kidding me? It was half Oklahoma fans. But this game is, this is huge. I mean, they got, Michigan State got such a diss. I'm mentioning, I'm sorry. I'm mentioning the start of the game again. That's my fault. I'm sorry. If it's a night game, it's a lot more intimidating. I'll put it, I'll just leave it at that big crowd it's it's an 11 a.m start for me noon start in east lansing if it's a night game the crowd i think it's i think it's a lot more intimidating but either way this is going to be huge i mean just please i really hope the student section doesn't show up hungover i i they respect the the intricacies of a rivalry game so i think i think at 12 noon they'll be ready to roll so I, if I could be there, I would. But but Michigan State student section, if you can if you can hear this, if you're so kind and you can hear this, wake up early, take your hangover medicine, get it out of the way, and show up to the stadium ready to roll because they're because they're gonna need you. Those players are gonna need you to bring the energy, and I know you will. And I know the whole bar stool, you know, yay bar stool kickoff. Yeah, I know they're gonna be there. So just get the energy bring it everyone else you know all the 60 year old farmers bring the energy 70 plus thousand was the woodshed now that's what we call it spill up the woodshed let them roll let those let those bastards in blue here you are in white i don't know they might be in white i don't know what color they're wearing but just let them hear you let michigan know where you are let them know that this team isn't garbage anymore let them know that you're there let them know that you're in the stands and 
just I've helped your boys out because they they love you. They know that you're there. They want you to bring the energy. It's going to be such a boost. This team, the coaches know it. The players know it. I mean, beautiful Alan Haller knows it. I'm everyone knows it. Show up and make them not want to come back into your stadium. Make this the green house. The greenhouse that's not as big as the big house, but it's still super intimidating to play in. And then the final, the final aspect. The final point. Who wins and why do they win? Do I give a score prediction? Sure. I'll give I'll give a score prediction. Who wins? <laughs> oh, Michigan State wins. Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State. The green and white. The green and white get the W. 27-21. Why? I'll tell you why. Two very simple reasons. Reason number one. I hate Michigan. That's it. Michigan State wins because I hate Michigan. And I wield power. So Michigan State will win because my hatred for Michigan outweighs and outpowers anything that would allow Michigan to win this game. Michigan State wins because I hate Michigan. Reason number two. Michigan State wins because I deserve a break in life. Okay? I'm a Lions fan. We are 0-7. Football has not been pleasant for me on Sundays. It has been pleasant for me on Saturdays. And on Saturdays, I deserve a break because I've been in mourning for six days over the most recent Lions' just despicable performance on the field. So when every Saturday comes, you know, I, I just need a break. And even more so when I'm surrounded by Viking and Gopher fans, right? And, and it's mainly just the Viking fans. They're, they're nice people, but they're winning games. And they want their head coach gone. It's it's a whole different thing. But listen, I, I need a. I deserve a huge. I mean, come on, win the game, please. Just win, just win. Win the game because I hate Michigan and I deserve a break. Spartan fans deserve a break. This is huge. I mean, honestly, Michigan fans probably deserve a break a little more just because of how bad that they've been. And Harbaugh's three and three against some of the worst Michigan State teams the last you know. 10, 15 years. But, uh, you know, hey, Michigan State fans, we'll take it too. D'Antonio did a number on us, and it's time. It's time to be back. It's time to be back. Solidify ourselves in the top 10 until we go to Purdue next week and down in West Lafayette, right? So, so yeah. And, and, and one final, final thing. I, listen, I, I respect the intricacies and the rituals involved in college football and especially in the rivalry games and the in-state rivalries I, I get it I, I understand right there's a lot of hostility there's a lot of, oh we're better than you at this we're better than you at that we're gonna kill you you're gonna get slaughtered you shouldn't be on the same field as little brother little brother like there's all there's all these different dumb things that happen right but I swear I swear if I see one more Michigan fan Put on their Instagram story, record a video of them in their weird football jersey, in their helmet, or put on their MySpace that they're the number 
three, six, five, whatever public school in the nation, and that's why they're going to beat Michigan State in a freaking football game, I'm going to lose my mind because I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of seeing Michigan fans, no, we're the number six. We do this. We have good engineering. We're aerospace. We do this. We do that. It's a football game, all right? This isn't this isn't math Olympics. This is a football game. Win, beat us, do better than three and three over the last six years against some terrible Michigan State teams. Win the game. I don't care how good your sociology program is. All right, come out and beat us. Do it in East Lansing, right? Harbaugh is two and zero in East Lansing. That that that's his thing, right? Two and Harbaugh is a loss in East Lansing as a coach or as a quarterback. Okay, cool. Do it when we're good. Do it when we're really good. I listen. I swear. If I, if I see one more thing before Saturday about Michigan State's or about how Michigan State's a farming school and how Michigan is like super smart in like nursing or something, like I, someone's gonna get a, a ton of hate in their DMs or on their Snapchat. Like, I mean, holy crap! I am tired of this stuff. Listen, dipwads. Michigan State's not too bad of a school either, you know. Thirty-three in the country isn't bad. According to U.S. News, the same the same people that had you ranked number four or whatever it was. I mean, th- 33 is not bad, right? There's There are a lot of schools behind that. So, I mean, if you want to make it about that, make it about that. But no one's going to hear or care about how good your physics program is on Saturday at noon Eastern time. It's going to be, can you stop Kenneth Walker and Jalen Naylor, I hardly know her, and Jaden Reed and Peyton Thorne. No Michigan fan's going to sit in a stadium while Michigan State's up 17-3 to and be thinking, oh, well, at least we have a good psychology program. Nobody thinks that, all right? Win the game. Go green. Let's roll.